Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host Christopher Anderson, here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour. I am your host, Christopher Anderson, and today's episode is about production, but specifically about technology and even more specifically about how technology and production are evermore inalterably, inalienably intertwined. Now we've gotten all the four-syllable words out of the way. You know, taking a moment here, because it's a good time for law firm owners and directors to reflect on their choices on how to adopt and how to implement technology to deliver great value to their clients and not ever for technology's sake. You know, it's got to be with that focus of what is the value that we're adding either to our team, um, to the owners or to the clients and to then use that to leverage the capabilities of your awesome team to deliver more. And to do this, we're going to be speaking today with Joey Siebert. We're going to talk to him about maintaining a human focused approach while implementing new technologies for our clients. As a reminder, in the main triangle of what it is that a law firm business must do, we've got to acquire new clients. And the second thing that we must do is produce the results that we promised. That's what we're talking about today. And it's really important, sometimes a little less sexy, but really, at the end of the day, more important because that's where we drive value and value is what brings dollars to the firm. And then finally, achieving the business and professional results for the owners because it is you at the center of the triangle that is driving it all for better or worse. It is you. And this is all about the choices that you will make for your firm. So we're going to discuss how to better leverage technology for our clients with a whole lot of human touch. And once again, our guest today is Joey Sieber. He is the CEO of Level Legal. And today's episode is called The Human in the Machine, Natural Intelligence. There's a quick intro and you know how awesome I am at the intros. Uh, Joey Sieber is the CEO of Level Legal. He uh, came to this place as a formerly, uh, well, I guess it's not a formerly experienced litigator. The experience doesn't go away, at least not for a few more years. <laughs> um, but he's an experienced <laughs> litigator, a successful entrepreneur, and also served as an elected official. As a lawyer, um, he really worked on the ins and outs of the profession, but also particularly about litigation-related discovery matters, trying cases before a jury, and using technology to help him do those things. While doing all that, he was also a mayor for three terms in Tyler, Texas, and Level Legal was his brainchild founded in 2009. Level Legal is dedicated, uh, based in Dallas, it's dedicated to making legal human through forensics, e-discovery, managed review for law firms, and in-house legal departments. Joey, welcome to the Unbillable Hour. Thank you. That's a great introduction. I, I'm going to make sure and play it back for my mother. She'll be very impressed. <laughs> you do that. You know what? Yeah. Do not play it back for your mother. You make her listen to the show. There you go. Well, that's right. That's what I meant. Yes. I'll send her the link. I don't know if anybody is a fan of Seinfeld, but there's a little bit of yada, yada, yada here. So, you know, Joey was a litigator, yada, 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 yes, level legal. Um, right. so, so tell us a little bit about, you know, how you came to decide that building this platform, building Level Legal, was your calling? That's a great question. Um, and again, thank you for thank you for having me today. I, I'm not going to claim almost, now almost 15 years ago, I'm not going to claim that there was tremendous foresight because some of the vision emerged 
after we took advantage of what was the opportunity. Uh, at the time, there was, to be perfectly candid, it was just an opportunity that we saw in the market. Remember now, we're talking about 15 years ago. Yep. Before we had the iPhone, you know, before there, we had a lot of things that we use every day. But the opportunity at the time was, you know, documents were, were digital. When I started practicing law in 1990, you know, some of the first tasks were go through this banker's box of documents. 90s to early 2000s, everything became digital. For a while, there was no uns- unspoken or unrecorded thought. And all of those messages, all of those emails before people kind of understood about good email hygiene were recorded and were discoverable and were used. And so with the huge increase in the volume of potentially discoverable documents came a huge increase in the cost for lawyers and law firms to comply with discovery requirements. And so there became an opportunity for what has become known as an alternative legal provider. And that's where we had that idea about the same time others had that idea. Okay, there's a market here, right? particularly in discovery, for somebody that knows what they're doing and can do it well. We had background as lawyers, practicing lawyers. We knew what lawyers were looking for, and, and we entered the market then. And like you said, that's, that's 15 years ago. Right. Um, and it isn't like, oh, this big change happened 15 years ago and digital became part of what was discoverable. And phew, glad that's over. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, things have continued to change. And I would I would venture to guess that the volume of material that's discoverable has increased. I almost guess it's been an exponential rate. Yeah, it's been an exponential rate. So there's that. Tools have gotten much better. Well, Let's say that there are now tools <laughs> for some of these things. Those tools have improved. You know, we've been using some form of AI in discovery for a decade. Right, right, right. Yeah, everybody thinks it's like it happened. AI just happened last year. It wasn't. It didn't exist before that. So the the numbers of documents or the amount of data, huge increases. We can call let's call it exponential. Tools much better at eliminating, reducing, culling, all of the things we do to to reduce the data set size. There is still today a huge number of documents that then, well, that process is important. And then there are a huge number of documents that need eyes on review or some type of handling that involves human. And so it's at all steps in that process uh, where we are involved. Okay, cool. Let's kind of take that clock and wind it forward. It, as you mentioned, 15 years, which every, if you read Kurzweil, right, every 10 years, like it, it covers as much as the previous 30 or 40. And so, you know, what, what is happening, what happened in that, in the first 10 years of those 15 years probably has rehappened maybe twice in the second five years, in the, in the five years since. So can you discuss a little bit what you're seeing as some of the critical changes you're, you in the legal services and in the services that you're able to provide? Look, my answer is not sexy. It's very basic. (laughs) But I think what you're talking about are are kind of basic concepts that change as as technologies improve or as as we get more advanced. Look, in the last 15 years, again, it's just a good way to think about it is it's pre-iPhone. I mean, we were still having, we still have flip phones and, you know. Hey, man, I, I was toting myself one nice palm trio. 
by I, I held on to my BlackBerry until <laughs> it died, and that was only about five years ago. So I oh, was wow. a late. Wow. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but look, what what has happened in our industry? Several things come to top of mind. First of all, there is not only an acceptance of technologies, there's an expectation of using technology. There's an acceptance and if not an expectation of the use of cloud-based tools. Now that was like really, really out there, really risky, really like, oh, my data's gonna be somewhere else. Right, right. There's, there's acceptance of alternative providers. I mentioned that earlier, that the, the expectation is going to be for these, for, for this large volume, for this a lot of time, for all of these documents, there may be somebody that is an alternative provider. I don't have to pay my law firm to do this. There's an acceptance of remote work that we have the technology, we have the security technology, we have the acceptance that the, we didn't lose the case because people were working from their homes or working remotely. Right. The worst the worst disaster didn't happen. We actually can have systems, processes, people, technology that, that will take care of all of the concerns and it can be more efficient. And sometimes we can get better people because we can work remotely. So I think those things have changed. Obviously the technology has improved, but technology has been kind of a leveling. Not not to make a pun with your firm name, but yeah. No, well, actually I wasn't even, I didn't, didn't even recognize it, but there has been a leveling with technology because look, let's face it, every, I'll just use e-discovery provider. I mean, e-discovery tool. They all have a similar interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all have slightly different, strengths, but they're most of them are doing the same types of things because those are the kinds of things that need to be done. And so they're, they're, there's a leveling there. What we find is the difference is not as much in the tool as it is with who's using the tool. And that's where we get to level legal as you would expect me to do. Yeah. That's where the human side comes in. Which is a great segue to what I wanted to follow up with you. So that that's exactly it. I teased that at the beginning of the show, that it's about a large dose of the human touch. So what does that mean in this context? Um, so like you said, I, I hate, I hesitate to use the word commoditization, but in a sense, you know, like you said, the tools are the tools. The leveling is certainly at least in as much as all those tools are available to everybody. And like I said, some tools are better at some things. Some tools are better at other things. You can spend a lot on them. You can spend less on them, but you said it's the human interface and the human behind the technology that matters. What do you mean by that? And how do we how do we make sure to keep that as part of our firm's utilization of these tools? No matter the technology, we have a human that when when, when you're engaging with a ser- for a service, a human service, a professional service, there's a human on one end and there's a human on the other end. I may work for Level Legal, I may work for a law firm, I may work for a corporation. But whoever is on the ends of that service are humans. I'm a human serving a human. I'm a human at level legal serving a human at whatever company, corporation, or lawyer firm or lawyer I'm working for. And when we can remind ourselves and remind our customer, I'm going to use that word, that we're a human serving a human, we've reinforced the thing that we have in common. The technology helps us get there. Did you happen to use QuickBooks way back when you had to load the disk? Oh, yeah. I did. 
back in the 90s. Been using, I've been using a, QuickBooks longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was what was the, the whole point of QuickBooks was to make accounting available and you can do it yourself and we're going to help you do it. There are now entire industries who are built around helping people use QuickBooks, the do-it-yourself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. What does that tell us? That even with a do-it-yourself, even with a great technology, even with a great tool, you've got to have humans who know how to use it and how to use it best. And even beyond that, how to create delight. Yes, I'm using that word. Delight in providing that service. That's where the difference is. I, I, I'm a little contrarian in the concept that the AI is going to ruin everything and all of our jobs are going away. What I think, what I think is that AI is going to be ubiquitous. AI is going to be a feature in all of the tools that we use. Right. And that the difference is going to be in the human who is using it. Who's creating the prompt? What are we asking of it? And then how are we delivering it? Are we delivering in a way that creates delight for the customer, for the client? That is where the real difference is going to be in the next five years, the next decade, as we see technology used more and more for many of the things that we're not using for even now. Absolutely. And so when we come back, because we're going to hear from our sponsors here for a second, because this show is made possible by some wonderful businesses that quite honestly help with some of the things we're talking about. And when we come back, we're going to continue that thought as to that human to human contact and get a little pragmatic. So I want to talk to you when we get back about how do we build teams of humans to make sure we're maintaining that human focus in the communication with our customers, to use the word that you used. But first, we'll hear this word, and then we'll be back in just a sec. Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I dot C-C and get $500 off with code HAPPY24. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm. And that's growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. Once again, growlawfirm.com slash unbillable. We're back. I'm talking with Joey Sieber. Joey is the CEO of Level Legal. And so far in the beginning of the show, we've been talking about the theory, the concepts of the human touch in using technology and the fact that all technology at the end of the day still results in a human to human contact. Um, and what we said we'd do after the break. So what I'd like to ask you now, Joey, is to discuss, all right, so human touch is important. And Joey Sieber is CEO. He's a human. And so he can do a good job. But as we build firms and legal departments and we use these tools, how do we assemble, put together a team that re remains human focused? I think it starts with 
funny enough, what are your human values? What is it that you value? What is your distinctive? What is your mission? Those are all slightly different things. What I can tell you is that at level legal, our mission is to surprise with remarkable delight. What? Where's the word law? Where's the word legal? Where's the word document? Where's the word discovery? I saw that on your website. I was curious about that. To surprise with remarkable delight. That is the mission. So if we've only done the things that check the boxes that, that get us paid, we've not accomplished our mission. Okay, why are you talking about mission when we're talking about how do we find people that can deliver a human-focused approach? Because you have to know what's important to you. And so if I want to surprise or delight somebody, that's something that a human can do for a human. And so if that's your mission, that's what you're trying to do, then you're looking for people that can help you accomplish that mission. So we'd like to say that we are a hospitality company that happens to be in the legal business. We're looking to delight. Yes, even in legal, we're looking to delight. So what does that mean? We're looking for human skills. We're looking for the ability to communicate. We're looking for the ability to anticipate. We're looking for the for some bit of EQ in the people that we are recruiting and that we are hiring and training. Good communication skills for the people. Not just somebody, as important as it is, who can make the technology work or keep the technology working. But then how do you translate that proficiency into delight for whoever it is that we're serving and we call them customers. So those are the ways that we are building the humans on the team who can deliver delight and implement the technologies. Again, I don't mean to ignore the technology. The technologies are really important, but they're available to all of us. Right. I saw an interesting tweet yesterday and it said, would you rather have a lawyer who is competent and super responsive or brilliant and slow to respond? I think most people would choose the former. Mm -hmm. I want to know that the job's getting done and I want to know that you are serving me the way I need to be served quickly. There's a sense of urgency and we're moving forward. And so to that point though, what tips, pointers, suggestions do you have for our listeners for recruiting for that purpose? So I imagine you probably recruit for those soft skills rather than, or, you know, not rather than, but uh, maybe with some higher priority than others might as compared to the hard skills. Um, is it like, what, what would you, how would you recommend the people listening would or should change the way they recruit to get team members that are more focused on delighting the customer? It's funny because we were having a conversation internally just yesterday about this so that we can tweak and become even better. Very quickly, one of the things we do is we start with not just a job description, but a role description, a role description. How am I going to measure you when you get here? What are the expectations? Very specifically, even quantitative, when you come so that I know what I am looking for in the person and I can communicate that to them. After we have that, then we build a profile for that position and we use a tool called the Culture Index. And the Culture Index is similar to other tools that have been used through the years. It's, it's largely a personality test, but it is a personality test on steroids that gives you the results in a statistical manner so that you can see on the bell curve where people fall in various traits. 
So we're building the, the ideal profile based upon a survey and then we're measuring candidates based upon that. That gives us one indication. Then we have a list of behaviors and traits that we look for in a service business like ours that we have discovered over time are those kinds of things that will help deliver delight. One of the things, I'll just pick one, we call the excellence reflex. Are you anticipating what a customer or client needs and executing, acting upon that before they have to ask you? So we're looking for examples in someone's history of oftentimes people who've been in service industries, who've been in hospitality, who maybe have waited tables or manage mm-hmm. a restaurant. That is, that or, is the reference that came to my mind. Was like, Or uh, work in a hotel. Yeah. Often those are people who uh, are able to, to score highly in that area. Yeah. Like when you said that, anticipate, that's, that, that was the thought. You know, I was like, you know, it's the bartender who has, has the drink in front of you before you order it. It's the waiter who brings the fork that you dropped before you asked, right? Or whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Ritz-Carlton service, um, they really train their people for that. We use Woods Carlton as an example. We use Four Seasons as an example. We use Nordstrom as an example. Yes, yes. I had a I had an employee recently. I was onboarding her, you know, as I do every employee, just to have an initial conversation and talk about these very things. And I was talking about delight. How do you identify delight? Because you know that's kind of it's a little ethereal. And the way I talk about it is, it's something that puts a smile on somebody's face. And she had an amazing example. She said, "I'll give you an example." I was traveling in a foreign country and I, we had a wonderful meal at a restaurant and it was so good that I wanted to take the leftovers from the meal with me so that I could enjoy them again the next day. It was an Italian restaurant. So we had the little container and we were taking the, taking the food away and we were walking away from the restaurant and the chef, the chef came running after me with a loaf of bread. And we turned around and was a bit startled. What is this man <laughs> carrying a loaf yeah. of bread? And they said, you cannot eat that without bread. You must have the bread. That's delight. Yeah. He knew that that meal, even leftovers consumed the next day, was going to need that loaf of bread so that they could enjoy that meal. That's delight. Absolutely. When we come back, I want to shift the conversation because now we've talked about matching team to bring delight. I want to talk a little bit about making sure we're pairing the right technology with the needs. And I do want to leave a little bit of time since you mentioned it at the beginning and everybody likes to talk about it, how AI is a player in this and mostly to like i like to talk about that to bring it back down to earth because i think a lot of people think of ai as as sort of this this ethereal thing that that is going to change everything and i think you've got a good take on that but first a word from our sponsors then we'll be back in just a minute find out how timesolve fits your firm with six different ways to track time surely one will fit even on the go or quickly estimate flat fee projects Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use. QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com LawClerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, 
Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal. And we are back once again with Joey Sieber. He is the CEO of Level Legal, and we've been talking about delight in delivering technology solutions to leverage your team. Now, pairing the right technology with the customer's needs. And, and what's cool about what Joey said at the beginning, it's very simpatico with the way that I see technology and the way I encourage everybody listening to see technology, to be quite honest, is that Joey called it a tool. It is a tool. It is a hammer. It is a, it is a screwdriver. It is, uh, you know, it is, is an iPhone. It is whatever. It's a tape recorder. All these are technologies. They are tools to enable us to leverage our skills and our team skills and, and abilities and deliver more value to our clients. But using the wrong tool can really get in the way. So, Joey, could you talk a little bit about pairing how your team, how you see pairing the right technology with the customer's needs, goals? What what processes do you use to make sure that that's done? Yeah, again, I'm, it's a very simple answer, and that is you're asking about client goals from the very beginning. And it's like, okay, but that is so freaking basic, Joey. How, how, why is it, why are you saying that? Because so often it gets skipped. Yeah. You know, think about when you have a, a client uh, that is a repetitive client on, a, on lots of different types of matters or lots of different matters. We all have the tendency to work in patterns. Yes. And so the pattern is, well, I did this on the last one. I'm going to do it on this one. It's really important on every single matter to take 10, 15 minutes to talk about client goals, client expectations. What are you hoping to accomplish? What is unique about this matter? And then do an analysis of the tools available. Sometimes one size does not fit all. And something very simple could be used or something more complex needs to be used. Or there are different tools or strategies or ways to use the tools that are different depending upon the complexity of the matter. You particularly get into this with different data types, data sources, custodians. And you want to begin with the end in mind. How are these going to be used? Not just for production, but are is there likely to be a trial? We'll be using these at trial. And if that's the case, then where that data is stored, how it is reviewed, all those things become important. So how do you how do you do that? You have a conversation in the beginning about what the goals are yeah. so that you can make sure that you're fitting the right technology, the right tool, the right level of effort from the humans that meets the expectations of your client or customer. You're right. It is basic as can be, but... But we all miss it. <laughs> but we all miss it, right? Yeah. And it's uh, it's been definitely you know a theme in some of my businesses too. Is like you got to put that first. If you don't understand the destination, how can you start your journey? We've talked a lot of theory about hiring. We talked a lot of theory about technology as a tool and a human interface, and now even about pairing technology with goals. Can you bring this down to earth for us in a way? Like, just talk about a, a use case or two. Like, like how does this play out with some of your clients? Like, give us an example. Uh, just a just a real quick example. Uh, we had the good fortune to work with a with a international, very large international law firm on a project, and we worked with a particular uh, woman, a particular lawyer, a particular lawyer there, and she, but she was not in a decision making capacity for another matter where we were ultimately retained. 
And when she saw that we were retained, she sent an email and said, I want you to know how happy I am that this new client chose to use you. You make my professional life easier and better when we get to work with you. Well, what, why is that? That, first of all, that's the ultimate compliment for somebody who's a, in many people viewed as a vendor alternative provider. You make my professional life better. I can't imagine any other, a better compliment, but we had been particularly attentive. She was really engaged on that first matter. We were attentive to the way that she wanted to receive her reports, to when she when she wanted to receive her reports, what information was important to her, trying to deliver that delight and give her peace of mind in the work that we did. And we, ex- we had succeeded in a way where she thought, wow, my life gets a little better every time we get to, get, we get to work together. So I think when you're paying it, the, 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 the point is when you're paying attention to those details, when you're paying attention to that human to human connection, then it, it will pay off. I don't think there's a person listening that wouldn't like to have that said <laughs> right. about their firm. Yeah. And so some of these techniques that we talk about can help with that. Yeah. All right. So let's turn to the big the question that I think is a great place to wrap the show. AI, you know, like we talked about earlier, everybody, everybody, a lot of people feel like it sort of burst on the scenes with GPT, chat GPT last year. Um, and generative AI, but AI has been around and particularly like in the, some of the stuff that you're, where you're playing in, in, in um, e-discovery and, and file review, like it's been around machine-based learning. Some people have called it, which is, you know, some ways similar, it's the same, some ways different, but going forward, do you feel like the smaller and mid-sized firms can compete with big law when it comes to AI, AI? Or are there limited resources going to kind of hand the game to big law? Partly, it depends upon time horizon. The, the short answer to you is no, I don't think uh, we're at a disadvantage. First of all, there's not general acceptance of the kind of the newest version, the, the generative AI. There's not general acceptance or application in, in the law. In fact, most of the examples we hear are, are disasters that have happened when people have overused it. Second of all, there's no magic bullet out there yet. There's not the killer app that's out there yet. There are still people who are experimenting, who are using. They're definitely making advances. My advice is the same. We're we're a small company, relatively small company in our industry. My advice is the same advice I give to ourselves internally. Don't panic. Don't panic about this. There's no reason to panic. There's not a silver bullet. There's not general acceptance. We're still early. What you can do is scan horizon. Make sure that you're you're always looking, listening, reading, scan the horizon for tools. What's going to happen here is exactly what happens in every other great technology, which this is and will be. And that is that there will be some great products, some great discoveries, some great use cases, and they will very quickly be incorporated in the other tools that we are using. And it will be a feature of the suite of tools we're already using. In eDiscovery, it will be in relativity or the other tools. It, it, you're already sending, seeing pieces of it in the Microsoft suite of tools, in the Google suite of tools. You're already beginning to see it. as, And those things improve. The big players are going to integrate those. They're going to buy those companies. They're going to buy those products. They're going to integrate it into their features. And in the meantime, if you're paying attention, I don't think you're going to lose ground. That's my own take. I could be wrong. But that's my take, and that's that's how we're planning our business. 
So the takeaway, folks, is pay attention. Our guest today has been Douglas Adams, the author of Catch No, no uh, yeah. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. who says, don't panic. No, our, yeah. this does wrap up the edition of the Unbillable Hour. I want to thank our listeners for sticking with us. Our guest today is not Douglas Adams. Our guest today has been Joey Sieber. He is the CEO of Level Legal. Joey, we just touched on a lot of different things here today. If people want to learn more about you, your company, or just some of the topics we talked about, how can they get in touch with you? I am Jay Sieber, J-S-E-E-B-E-R at Level Legal. And of course, levellegal.com is our website. Uh, happy to interact with anybody that uh, would like to carry the discussion further. Excellent. Thanks so much, Joey. And of course, I am Christopher T. Anderson, and I look forward to being with all of you next month with another great guest as we learn more about the topics that help us build the law firm business that works for you. Remember, you can subscribe to all the editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. And don't forget, you can also be part of the show. Every third Thursday at three, the Unbillable Hour is live. We're live here on the Legal Talk Network, and you can join by Zoom. Um, you can register right here on LegalTalkNetwork.com. Join by Zoom and ask your questions of me and other guests that we invite. Again, always the third Thursdays at three and always available on LegalTalkNetwork.com or on iTunes. Thanks so much for joining us. We will speak again soon. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Join us again for the next edition, right here with Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu slash interactive or download PLI's mobile app.